Fish, the masochist, the Gemini that blast you with a sickness in a packaging. I'm gifted, but I'm blacker than the richer kids. No rich the kid. I feel like a witch's kid. Cause all this fucking shit I'm in will make me feel like shit again. Surrounded Hello everybody, welcome back to the Hastings Harvest, where it is my job to interview some of the most inspiring young minds, creators, and educators within their area of expertise and try to harvest how they go about their craft. And you might have noticed. The intro music is a bit different today, and that is because I am joined by Daniel Bonilla, otherwise known as Neftali, in the rap group Freak the Mighty. Freak the Mighty is a four-man hip-hop slash R&B group consisting of Neftali, who I'm interviewing today, Susking Brad, Karma Beads, and Namich, and it was formed about a couple years back in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, and I've been friends with all these guys in the group for years now as well. In this podcast, Daniel and I go over how the group was formed, their process for performing at venues, viral Twitter videos, and why COVID and lockdown has been a blessing for creatives. To listen to these guys, which I highly, highly suggest you do, you will not be disappointed. You can check them out on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on Apple Music if you just search up Freak the Mighty with two eyes. So that's M-I-I-G-H-T-Y for Freak the Mighty. All right, this was a very special podcast to me. I've been friends with these guys for so long, and I support them so much, so I hope that this one's a special one for you guys, too. Please enjoy this talk I had with Daniel Bonilla. All right, Daniel, thanks for coming on today to the Hastings Harvest. Uh, I know a lot of my listeners don't know who you are or what you do, so can you just give like a little background as to what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm in a hip-hop group called Freak the Mighty, um, and we're part of a larger music community in Buffalo, and yeah, that's, that's my main focus right now. So yeah, I, I definitely want to start off with talking about Freak the Mighty, you know, how you guys formed, um, how you guys have grown since you started it. So how did you all meet and like, what what made you guys want to to start a rap group? I mean, hip hop has always been like a an important part of my life. Um, I probably started writing music when I was 17, 16, 17. I didn't actually start recording. So I was 18 though um and then that's what I'm, that's when i met t um who goes by sus king brad he's in you know he's in freaking mighty and t was doing the same thing i was doing so we just started doing it together you know every day we were both um in college at the time and every day we would go to the recording studio at Canisius college and we would literally spend every single day there you know i would go from getting out my classes to meeting t at three and we would be there till 11 p.m you know what i'm saying would it even didn't have money really you know what i'm saying we hardly ate we would we i probably lost like 15 pounds in that time period i was already skinny and so, so did he we were just eating uh snickers bars and chips out the vending machine that was outside the studio room uh but yeah you know we we spent months months recording um and you know we decided to form a group together and then down the line uh probably about i would say you know Six months to a year after that, uh, we met Alex and Court, um, Namek and Karma Beads, and they were a couple years younger than us, and they went to my former high school, uh, and yeah, they they impressed us just how, you know, how they were willing to, to work. You know, they would come, kind of what we were doing, but with college, they would, they would get out of high school, 
and come right to uh, our house and we would just record and make music and then we we realized we respect we respected them so much and they respected us so much and we just had a a chemistry of working to them excuse me working with them we realized why not just completely bring them into the group and that's how that's how the four of us became free and mighty so i actually remember when you guys were like recording at canisius um i was in there it might have been like nick and jack these are these are a couple of our friends from from our hometown um and i forgot what the track was called but like me and jack both went into the studio and like recorded a verse it's kind of hilarious um but yeah since since then i mean <laughs> it's 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 just funny uh thinking about that and thinking about like all of the times where we would do freestyles like yeah. all of our friend group would like spit down something and then i remember another time where we were in a car like all freestyling oh shit i forgot about this yeah. oh you already know okay so like we were in a car all freestyling and, and we're like yo dan get on the beat man like let's see what you got and like <laughs> dude just like spit like an actual rapper and we were all like what the fuck man <laughs> like jesus like you should be doing this yeah. and that's just funny compared you know, to how I, things I, are now yeah now that i think about it I, you know it's a lot has happened since then so i, yeah. I kind of forgot about that but that was definitely uh, one of the moments where i was like okay like you know that just felt natural you know what i'm saying and good getting out and i'm sure the reaction definitely inspired me yeah uh did you did you and uh tarant or sus king brad move in together like to pursue that more like this this was the dorchester house yeah so I, I i wasn't living at the dorchester house um but you know i was i was there every single day I, and i forgot you didn't yeah so what you know what happened was when they moved in so what we would call the palace um i wasn't living there for the first year you know but i was there every day mm -hmm. and then uh the roommate aiden was moving out and when aiden moved out they needed a new roommate and I admit I I would have preferred not to have moved in there because it was pretty expensive, but it was like something I just had to do because we couldn't risk losing the house and what we were building there. Um, so I was just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, you know, we can move in. And then within that year, you know, the, the sort of legacy of the palace, you know, grew from there and it became what it is. Right. So I guess, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the palace yeah. and like what's happened there. Um, I did a piece for a local blog, um, Buffalo Rising, on like the Purple Palace and Freak the Mighty and, you know, how it's kind of like a hub for artists to collaborate. Like, how, how did you get so, do you think the palace was like the catalyst to getting so involved with other artists in Buffalo and other creatives in Buffalo? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, what led up to that? Um, was just performing, you know, and meeting a bunch of other artists um, at our performances. We kind of had, you know, me and she were working and releasing music for probably about a year before we had our first real performance. Um, and you know, our first performance, our first performance was in March, and then that summer we had our second performance in July, and that one, you know, after that one, things kind of just took off around here. Like we we killed it. Um, and then we had one show uh, at the former Slime Shack, which was 
kind of like what the palace is in a sense. Um, but for uh, you know all our all our older friends uh, who are you know older brothers to us, they had they were getting actually kicked out of the slime shack. Um, Where was that? It was in the east side, off of I think on Merrimack, off of Main Street. Okay. But they were getting kicked out of there. And they were gonna do one last show in the backyard, you know, before they got kicked out. So, and at the time, um, we didn't we we started meeting people and knowing of people, but we we didn't really have close relationships with a lot of people outside of our inner circle at, at this time. And the day the Slime Shack show happened, it was just like a, a week before that we had like a, a killer set at the show. So we were we, we kind of just had that energy in us, um, and I'll never forget. You know, we show we show up, and we didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, it was like a like a makeshift stage in the backyard. A lot of people there, um, but there was a certain I don't know. I I feel like me and T just we we just synced up, and we knew we had to like really go crazy. You know, um, and then I'll never forget. There was this one dude, B Daylight from Rodigies. He was performing for Rodigies, but um, none of his group members can make it, so it was just him. And he tore that shit up. Like, he fucking put a hole in the stage. Like, he just killed it. And we were after him. So, like, I'm watching him, and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. if that if that's how we can bring it, like, then we're going to, then you know, that's how we're going to bring it. Yeah. Uh, and I still don't, I honestly don't remember the performance. I kind of blacked out. Like, I remember it starting, and then... We just went crazy, you know. We we performed, we only performed three songs because every artist was only doing like three songs. Um, and we did our song "Black Gods" and shit, you know. We, we just lost it. People in the crowd lost it. Fucking, there was a, there was like this white fence there, and the white fence got torn up. Like my friend X took a piece of the fence. And he was fucking beating the stage with it, and we were stomping the stage out. It was insane. And then after that. Um, someone uh, it was it was Creative Connect. Uh, our friend Alex, he took a video of it and he put it on Twitter, and it kind of um, it didn't go viral in like a national sense, but it definitely went like Buffalo viral, you know. Mm-hmm. And after that, that's when we started getting asked to perform with a bunch of places, and 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 that whole summer, every performance, something crazier was happening. So that's how we kind of got connected to other people. Um, and then once that happened, you know, we would invite people over, record music, and that that was slowly building. But by the time I had moved in there, um, we built that up so much that, you know, the palace just naturally started becoming like a, you know, a creative hub for people to come to and to collaborate with each other. Um, And, you know, it even snowballed from just working on art to actual friendships being made. Um, You know, it's, I always hear people say that, um, like, having a lot of friends doesn't isn't like a a real thing you know people can have a lot of friends but a lot of people act like um having a lot of that you can only have close relationships with a small amount of people and i definitely understand where they're coming from because you know i i do understand like i you you can't be so naive to give you know new people you meet your complete trust um but the way we kind of started operating there was it was just there was some type of like genuine respect in the air, and and you know we've had our fair share of bullshit we had to deal with, um, you know, uh, people doing shady things to us, um, treating us a certain way, um, definitely taking advantage of the house. You know we've we've had our fair share of that, but we've definitely had way more of just positive interactions and and, and genuine friendships being created. 
Um, but once that was happening, um, our friends from you know the Slime Shack, they, you know, they needed um, a a place to record for a couple months because um, because they were looking for a new a new place to stay. So once they started recording at the palace, they had their own circle of people that like, you know, we knew from the show, the concerts, but that we never really connected with. Um, and once once they started coming to the palace, it even more so became just like sort of like this creative center where a whole bunch of different types of people were in the house together, working together, having conversations. You know, we would bring in from, you know, rich kids to 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 people in the street to um, to gay people, black people, you know, it, it, every type of person was, was in the palace. And uh, I believe because of that, you know, it was, we all got to grow from being around people that we were never necessarily around, you know what I'm saying? Whether, whether it be a, um, a fucking suburban artist to someone who's from the east side of Buffalo to the west side of Buffalo, like it, it was just, it was just a place that was connecting these people with each other. And you know we were at the heart of that because we lived there, but it it really became um, its own thing, you know. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for the palace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going there so many times, I could definitely tell pretty much every time I walked in there that like something innovative was going on, something that you know, people were there to grow themselves Absolutely. and to help bring other people up. And that's really hard to find. I mean, yeah. like most people who stay in their hometown, I mean, they have their friends from high school, from like middle school that they hang out with forever. And they might just be friends with those people just because they've known them their whole life and not And when they grow and start to become more of adults, they kind of changes people and then they're hang like obviously we have our high school friends who we hang out with and i love those guys and you know we all still have a lot in common but for a lot of people you know they're stuck in those relationships and they never uh get something like the palace where they can really find a place where they feel more welcome and like feel more like they fit in and have this group of people who are all trying to accomplish the same thing mm -hmm. so having that in buffalo has just been like amazing i know i've gone there before when i'm you know feeling feeling down or like i just want like some inspiration like i'll go there um but yeah talking about and real quick uh, just to, just to add on to that point you know that's another thing that was kind of beautiful about the palace where yeah it was a place where you know people go to work and film videos make music you know do every draw you know what i'm saying every 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 type of thing you could do people were doing at the palace but outside of actual work it was also a place for people to kind of come to escape what was going on in their lives because we we did our absolute best to make the palace environment to make the palace a, a judge-free you know what i'm saying neutral environment where you could just go there and you could fucking be happy you could go there and you could be depressed it didn't matter you know what i'm saying we weren't we weren't like expecting anything of anyone um that they weren't willing to give or share you know what i'm saying so it just it just sort of evolved into this um almost safe space for for all different types of people even people that didn't do any you know someone who had a fucking business job you know what i'm saying could go um 
and be at the palace and feel and feel comfortable, you know, as long as they were open minded enough to to even like walk in the doors and be willing to have the experience. Right. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people who haven't been there, they they think it's some type of like exclusive club, you know what I'm saying? That 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 this judgmental type of environment and it's 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 really not that. Um I mean of course we can't just let anybody we don't know in and sometimes we did do that, you know, but um so it, in a in a sense you know we had we had to like know people before they came or at least know of people before they came um just just out of protection of the house you know what i'm saying we can't just completely open the doors um but you know we did we did that to the best of our ability you know while still being fair to everyone and also being fair to ourselves cuz cuz it was a beautiful experience um but it also did get a lot you know living in a house and it's like 20 people expect at the very least 20 people expected to be in and out those doors like a day damn near you know um that that was a lot too um like i said i was very thankful for the experience um and still am but you know there were there were days when it was stressful when you needed um because it because it it almost in a sense became where other people can go there to get away but we who were living there couldn't really do that you know, we only had our rooms and the, uh, you know, I love, I love that place forever, but the infrastructure of the house wasn't the greatest. So it's like, (laughs) you know, you're, you're in your room and you still, you're still not really separated from everything going on. So you kind of, even if you don't want to be around people, you have no choice, but to like, like, fuck it. And, you know, I hear people downstairs, so I might as well just go sit downstairs, you know? Yeah. So I actually remember seeing videos of that concert you were talking about where you guys were just like, smashing everything and i that was like one of the few concerts i haven't been to of yours and i I was just like oh man (laughs) i just missed something monumental like you could just tell by the videos um and that that makes me think like so i don't really remember what your first concert ever was for freak the mighty i think Mm -hmm. it might have been at stamps i'm guessing yeah yeah so Oh man, I remember that one. Uh, so, what have you learned? Like, what have you taken from all the experiences of like every single concert you've had so far? And like, what have you changed since the first concert? Like, when when you get invited to perform, how was it back then? You were like, okay, we're gonna do this, 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 and so the first couple experiences we had. Um, Honestly, our mindset was fucking kill everybody, because um, we, <laughs> you know, we knew we were going into somewhat of a scene where where people already knew each other, and and we didn't really know to what extent, you know what I mean? Like, we're, where is it the type of thing when walk in a room and everybody's gonna stare at us because we haven't been around before? Like, it, you know, it was it was like from the start we're gonna fucking mark, um, we're, we're we're gonna make a statement from the start. It's like. Not not on some like oh we're the greatest takeover type of shit, but it's like yo respect us from the from the start, you know. So that was a, that was our approach to every show. Like less of less of um. It was less about showing our skill, and more so just showing what we can do. You know what I'm saying? Like the, like just just the force of 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 us and 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 the fans we had and the feeling we were trying to capture. So like. Th- our approach to every show was 
pure chaos to be honest with you um which which worked <laughs> you know it was great but of course you know you can't that's a great way to to kick the door open but you can't do that forever you know what i'm saying you can't build um something solid on just pulling up somewhere and just like causing fucking anarchy you know you you gotta have something you gotta have you gotta you gotta show there's something else to it um so after the first i would say three to five shows um we started realizing okay we're doing a good job and each one gets better but now how do we approach it where we're really out you know we can still keep the chaos aspect of things but how do we start building better performances um because with rap, you know what I'm saying, we didn't really have anybody um, on instruments. Um, it was more so, you know, the, the producer makes beat, and at the shows, um, it's, it's the beat playing in the background, and you're rapping on the beat. Um, and because the venues in Buffalo, um, they don't really open their doors to hip-hop as much, especially local hip-hop, we were only working with a limited number of spaces um, and and those spaces a lot of the times didn't really allow for elaborate performances so you kind of you know you got to you sort of got to play with the system a bit um but you know that's that's what we grew to do um, and, and figure out it's like okay uh how do we perform this a little differently than how it sounds on the song so like the person gets actual experience how do we how do we interact with the crowd um how do we you know, it's, it's it's what an MC is. A MC stands for move the crowd, like, and and that's what that. yeah, that's what we uh, that's what we learn how to do. And how would you describe Freak the Mighty Sound? You know, it's a tough question to answer, only because I feel like right now, um, you know, we're making music that people haven't heard yet. That I would say is different than everything we made before. It definitely still has that feel to it though that's unique to us um and that feel uh, is something i've honestly been contemplating for a while it's like i would say we're we're not we're not afraid to talk about certain things that that uh other artists may not be willing to talk about um it seems like there's there's a playbook to how to make a rap song or how to make a hip-hop song um i feel like we found a way to express our emotions uh into into sort of put our heart on our sleeves and show our weaknesses and still make it hard i think that was like the unique thing about when we first started making music it's like okay you know like one of our first songs that kind of got popular was called kill um i wrote it at three in the morning and it was about suicide you know but it was but it but it was like uh there was something there was something like haunting and 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 sort of alluring to to our songs um that were very depressing like that because because it, it was like it wasn't necessarily a wallow in self-pity type of thing it was just like admitting the truth um and i feel like a lot of people aren't willing to you know put themselves in the line like that um you know when someone becomes a rapper a lot of the times, there's only like five things people rap about when they're first starting out. And I think from the jump, we're like, okay, we're not going to take that approach. Um, and I also, I also feel like a lot of, and not even just artists, a lot of people um, lack self-awareness sometimes. Uh, and it's just, you know, that's just like a human thing. Um, but we're very we're very careful with how we uh, approached um, 
communicating with others and, and, and how we, we approach even simply just uh, marketing ourselves. Also, we weren't afraid to tap into certain elements of music and, and, and bring it in um, to, to what we were doing. Like, you know, we, we did rap over trap beats, but we also rapped over, um, you know, boom bap beats uh, from the jump. Uh, you know, we, we did incorporate rock elements, you know, like, it, and, 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 and me and T, another thing that makes Freak the Mighty, that's made Freak the Mighty music very special is me and T were sort of the opposite. Um, yep. And I, and, and yeah, and that's, you know, that's, you know, that, that probably would have been the easiest answer to the question. Um, that's, I feel like that's what makes everything work. Um, he has his approach and I have my approach and they, they work very well together. Yeah, they do. They complement each other really well. Yeah. Um, and at first glance, like you wouldn't think it works on paper, but it, but it translates very well. What made you want to get into rap, and like what? type of rappers do you take inspiration from like how do you continuously learn like do you listen to yourself and then reflect on like what works what doesn't and then there was definitely a lot of that um i would say for like the the whole year where, where we were just getting into making music like i would what what i would do was i would i would set up my mic in my room uh at my house and i would you know, write music every single day. Um, but what I would do was I would I would I would rap the music out loud and just simply listen to my voice like every single day. And so I got my my voice um, while rapping and singing to the point where I wanted it. You know, I wanted it to be. Uh, so that was something I did. I did a lot that you know built my skill. And as far as things I take inspiration from, uh, with with me, I take inspiration from. From everything like of course you know growing up i listened to a whole lot of rap music um i i definitely um related more to to older hip-hop um at the time you know then then i kind of opened my mind up to listening to everything um so yeah yeah I, i've always i've always been a I've always learned to appreciate every form of hip hop because hip hop is such a beautiful thing where it's like there's there's probably like ten maybe more subgenres of hip hop that have that each have fucking hundreds of, of artists you can study. Like it, it it's like an endless library of things you could you could look to and take inspiration from. But also outside of that, I think one thing that me and he both uh, did growing up were it it wasn't just hip hop I took uh, inspiration from. I feel like if you're making, whether it's hip hop, what, no matter what genre of music you're making, you shouldn't just listen to that genre. Cause, cause it's, even though you can, even though you could find variations of that specific genre, um, usually the people who are making standout art in said genre, listen to all types of genres. You know, it's, it's, it's the only way to really expand um, your mind to the point where you where you can even know how to do certain things or where you can even strive to uh, to achieve you know certain levels uh, one thing I, one thing I did since a young age I always I would listen to my favorite songs 
and I would I would const- and it, it didn't have to be the same artist. I would construct albums in my head, like like that would be like my albums, um, and I would use songs I liked, like by artists, not by me. That I would kind of like arrange and how I would like make and and and, and excuse me, I, I I arranged them in a certain way where it was like okay, I would put all these songs together on my first album then my second album would sound like this and i would take like a whole bunch of other songs to construct how my second album would sound and so on um and these were songs you said like made by yeah made by you know famous artists you know famous rappers um bands like i I would i would picture like i guess i i guess i would construct albums in my head like just simply based on tones it's like I, i and still to this day like i know what my first studio album is gonna sound like. Uh, I know what my second studio album is gonna sound like. I know what my third studio album is gonna sound like. Not 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 the specifics of it, but um, the tone and, and where where I want to take things. And I sort of built that up over the last couple of years by listening to a lot of music and visualizing like, okay, what if I made this music? How would I arrange it? Where would I put it on my albums? And that was good for me because it showed me what type of quality I want for myself. Um, because I have, I definitely have, um, I, I prefer to listen to higher quality music. And what I mean by that, by quality, I don't mean like, I don't necessarily mean a, a better song versus like, you know, a song that I don't think is good. I kind of think with with music, with anything, with movies, with you know, cinema, music, um, art. There's low quality and and, and and high quality art. Just like there's you know, McDonald's and a five star restaurant. It's it's not to say that McDonald's is better than the five star restaurant. Some people prefer McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? To five star restaurants like that's that's sort of been my my view of things um and i've always i've always been with music i've always wanted to make um i've always strived to make a five star restaurant type of quality sound you know um i don't think i i think in the early stages of freak the mighty because it was new to us um of course we strive for that personally i've i've i've, I've moved on from the music we were making before um I don't even really listen to it, but I'm glad we I'm I'm glad we made all the music we did, because um, it was it was like a you know, it was like a it was like a training ground on 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 on, on where to uh, first on even on even how to make music and how to craft a sound, and now is when I'm really uh, bringing in that that strict uh, level of quality I want and like putting it on our art. You know, what I'm saying it's like. If that's if if that can't compare to to other music of high quality, it has no use to me. You know that's that's sort of the mindset I have, and I feel like I've I got that from all those years of constructing my albums and and the type of quality of music I want in my head. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that stops a lot of people from creating something, whatever that might may be. If you're a creative person and you want to do some type of work like that. Um, a lot of people think, you know, like I got to buy the best quality gear. I have to have, or like I got to spend this much money or it's, it's going to sound terrible. Mm-hmm. I have to know this much knowledge. 
but really like we all started like with my stuff with your stuff we started from very humble beginnings and with like very cheap gear like my camera my first camera ever was literally like two hundred dollars total and i had like a lav mic that i would talk into um so you really don't like for people who are listening who who think they like need high quality stuff at the start like it's it's more important to start like get started with what you have because that will teach you you know how to use the high quality stuff to the best of your ability and and when it comes to music you'd be surprised like a lot of famous artists have like anderson pock for example his his album malibu he just had a fucking laptop and a mic in a bedroom and he made that you know grammy winning album like it's you don't you don't need thousands of dollars worth of equipment obviously once you have enough experience without having the equipment um, and, and, and you just want to move on to like expand your skills and then of course once you have the money invest in the equipment but like it's not it's not a necessity so where do you see like obviously there's a lot going on with COVID right now yeah. and that's kind of hindered uh, ability to like at least perform live for the most part but also, one question I have: You you guys had a concert planned, uh, the Seek concert yeah, yeah, that yeah, was supposed yeah. to have in that rec yeah. room. Is so, that what what's going on with that? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's Freak the Mighty, and in our time is meeting people. You know, in, in Buffalo, also making music. We met a group called Spacebound, and we quickly just became really, really good friends with them. And we also met uh, our brother now, Gabriel Lavender. Um, we met a, a drip star from a, from a group called YCM, and uh, you know we we just kept meeting uh, certain people that we clicked with very well. You know we have a lot of producer friends. Um, my friend Cliff, who I'm currently making a project with, uh, and we decided to to build somewhat of like a like a super collective um, that went by Seek. So with Seek, we had a show at Rec Room, which was going to be a huge fucking show because venues on Chippewa tend to not open their doors to Buffalo hip hop. It's just like, you know, for a cold, that's a whole another uh, topic of discussion. But, you know, we, we, we got a show at Rec Room, which is one of the biggest um, bars downtown. So we were very excited. And it was going to be Friday. I forgot the exact date, but literally that friday was the day when everything got shut down because of covid um like the 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 night before the night before that you know the nba got canceled and the second nba got canceled it was like a snowball effect where every every major industry was just shutting down Uh, so yeah you know the show got fucked um it got rescheduled for june 1st but it still didn't work out because you know we're still not so is that like done completely I don't know. I think I think it's scheduled for like next year now or something. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty unfortunate. But but with COVID, of course, um, obviously a global pandemic is a is a tragedy, you know. Um, but it was also an opportunity, I think, for people to. For, for, for things to slow down, you know, because life, life moves so fast for everyone, um, regardless of what they do. Uh, and it would, 
so facet that they don't even get a chance to really sit down and reflect on their own lives or catch up with their own with the people who are important to them or the things that are important to them um and with covid you know being stuck in the house if if you were blessed enough to not get sick uh, it was at first it was difficult because like we're just as a as a society we're just not used to having to be in the house you know um a lot of people like thrive on needing to be out of the house because they fucking can't bear to to be alone like i've been there myself um but i feel like for artists covid was definitely um or not you know not covid itself but the opportunity to be to be alone um is good because you get to you get to reflect on your art you know what i'm saying your emotions your life and and that's what that's what happened uh, with us during covid and it's like okay um with me specifically i was i was at a point where I was I was definitely battling a lot of personal issues, and I felt like things were just moving so quickly. You know, we 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 were still being productive and making music and and things like that, but uh, I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, you know, it may have been just from uh, living at the palace simply catching up to me because because it was just non it was nonstop all the time. Could have been that. You know, could have been a it also was some other things, but. When I have that time, um, and I'm sure the other people in my group could relate to this, I got to reevaluate some things, and I got to grow as a person uh, and an artist, which was good for all of us, you know. Yep, completely agree. Okay. I mean, same shit happened to me at that point. Um, it was getting to the point where, you know, I was I was starting to become more insecure, more toxic, like, and. I just needed that that time to think and grow and like realize that okay am I really living to my fullest potential am I putting my full potential into my work because I mean if I think about what uh, how hard I was working back then right before COVID I wasn't working nearly as hard as I am working now and partly that's because of COVID partly that's because you know i went through a breakup and like i have so much more time now um but through all those things like it was truthfully truthfully might be might have been the darkest period of my life Mm -hmm. the like a couple months ago um and you know i'm i'm someone who believes like your darkest moments the moments where you feel the most awful are the moments where you can change and grow the most and come out of it the the absolute best version you've ever been of yeah, yourself sure. um and so, so during this time i've really taken time to you know think about like how like how much can i really do how much can i really get out of my life and how much can I really how much work can I really put in if I really want the life where I'm working for myself and I was able to accomplish those things and that would not have been possible without quarantine happening without the other things that have happened to me so I always think every extremely difficult thing in my life that seems terrible in the moment and like there's like there's nothing good about this, right? Yeah. When when it first happens, you're like, there's nothing good about this. And then a few months pass, and you become a better person through whatever 
trials and tribulations you went through and you think to yourself at least this is how i think i'm like so this is why this happened had to happen i'm like and i'm grateful that i went through that painful experience um and that um kind of leads me into what has happened to me recently which has been so i mean for my listeners some of them know i made a video on youtube where i called out a couple uh vegan bodybuilders within my niche Mm -hmm. and I basically called them out for not being natural, but claiming that they are natural. Um, and whether it's true or not, um, it got me into a lot of trouble. Uh, one of the people I featured, who is probably, he is the most famous vegan bodybuilder. Yeah. He like blocked me on Instagram, and he is best friends with the dude I was supposed to stay with in LA. Um, and so the guy who I was supposed to stay with in LA, who's best friends with him, saw the video, he's like, yo, dude, like, I, I don't have respect for you anymore. You just gave in to call-out culture just for attention, and you can't stay with me. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, another extremely big hardship that's happened this year for me. And um, what really helped me cope with it so far, I mean, it's literally only been a few days since this happened, but what's really helped me cope with it is how much other way harder shit I've gone through this year like the period a couple months ago was way harder than this so I'm like whatever man like this sucks but like I've been through worse and I've so it's made me stronger and I it took me you know these past couple days of thinking why did this happen why is my trip to LA completely ruined the trip where I thought I was going to my brand was going to completely explode mm. because I was going to I was going to collab with all the people that I've been talking to online who have much bigger followings than me. Yeah. Like this was it for my brand, and it's not happening anymore. Mm. So, my question to myself was, you know, like, is this really all bad? And it goes back to the mindset of you don't see it right now, but you will in a few months. And so for me this whole trip has like or this whole trip getting canceled and like seeing like people lose respect for me has like made me rethink a lot of things um and if i had never excuse me if i had never canceled this trip and i would have gone i would have never done which is or i would have never done what I told you right before we started recording this, which is bought a PC that I'm building, which is going to completely like take my editing to the next level. Like it's going to make editing seamless. Like it's going to be an insane computer. And also I did not tell you this, but I'm probably going to plan on since the computer is so powerful streaming on Twitch and like expanding my brand to Twitch and like start, I don't know what I'm going to do there. I could stream myself video editing, but it's most likely going to be like, video games because you know like I've always loved video games and I've had to give that up pretty much because it's it's just a waste of time at this point for me like um, and my whole mindset I've I've always actually wanted to like start a twitch uh, and incorporate it incorporate it into my brand somehow and now that's finally happening so I'm hoping that you know this whole cancellation of all of my plans and growing my brand 
is actually for the better and is going to make me like who knows like maybe i'll get huge on twitch and like that'll start becoming like a huge thing for my brand so yeah it's it, it goes into a lot of what we were talking about like when you came over a few days ago like about destiny and like i think that you know we were we were talking about um like how we know we're gonna make it and like we have we've always had that mindset uh for me it developed like a few years ago we've always had that mindset where we're like something in me just knows that no matter what i'm gonna make it big like i'm gonna be big and this whole thing happening with the la trip it it was definitely a way of the universe saying like slapping me in the face and being like you need to humble down a little bit yeah i mean i still think like i'm gonna make it but it's like you never know what's gonna happen that's what i think this has taught like this is the lesson has taught me so like that's one thing it's like by the always knowing you know we're gonna we're gonna succeed thing it's almost like uh it's it's intuitive um I, I used to kind of roll my eyes at like the whole law of attraction thing, um, and there's you know there's a lot of there's there's a lot of corniness uh, in there. There's a whole lot of fucking corniness in there. But the thing about it that's that I recognize to be true is is very simple. Um, if you spend a whole lot of fucking time um, putting in a lot of effort and a lot of thought into something, the power of the power of thought, um, it's nothing can beat it because you're literally programming yourself without even knowing it you know you don't have to fucking look in the mirror and say i'm gonna be the greatest every day it's not that's not necessarily what what it is but it's like i spent you know i spent so much time uh planning what i was gonna do in music and with my life that even you know sometimes i forget about all that planning i do and then i reach sort of these these checkpoints i'm like holy shit like that's that's damn near how I envision it to be, and I may have gotten confused and almost lost in the process, but because I put so much time and energy to that very point, um, it's it, it naturally comes true. It's like the what the issue is though. Um, everybody knows what they have to be doing in their life, uh, whether you know whether they're striving to fucking get ten million dollars or whether they just you know whether they have their own personal um goals but like what happens is you know what you're supposed you know what you're supposed to do and then the mind gets in the way um it's almost like a video game where it's like okay the main character has to go from point a to point b and like rescue this person but in between point a and point b they got to deal with a whole lot of bullshit but it's like as long as they remember they still got to go get to point b once they deal with the bullshit, they eventually get to point B. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's really the same thing with life, and it's it's just a matter of like recognizing and always remembering what the goal was and just doing it. Um, the mind is self doubt, um, distractions. They're nothing more than just like a like a daydream. You know what I'm saying? They're not real. Um, and 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 once once you recognize they're not real, you really can do anything that's like. <laughs> uh physically possible within within the world um it's just like that's 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 the one like unfortunate uh 
almost like cosmic joke in the human condition where it's like our, our own minds are literally actually working against us. And until you recognize that, and until you recognize that you are not that, you know what I'm saying? Like, then, then that's when you could literally do anything. Yeah, I, like, it sounds super arrogant, but, like, I truly feel like if I was passionate enough about something and I put enough effort into something over a long period of time that I could pretty much accomplish, like, yeah. anything I put my mind to. And that's, I mean, that's law of attraction. Like, you, the more you focus on something, the more it grows. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's like you said, you're going to have doubts. You're going to have days where it seems like it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. where, like, it, days are not going as well as other days like it's not going to be totally perfect but the illusion is that those rare bad days like make up the entirety of what you have gone through and exactly and what I've, what I've noticed in myself um, actually when I when I focus on those rare bad days or, or, or um negative feelings I have when that becomes a focus as opposed to the focus being what I have to do then I tend to have more of those really bad days right. um, as long as my focus stays on my goal despite what I even may be feeling or what may be happening in my day as long as my focus stays there then things naturally start flowing and, and the less frequently you know the less frequent those days even happen I think that's something I've like needed to hear recently because yeah dude I mean it's like I've been a little less motivated than usual um, partly because of what just happened with the whole LA thing Uh, regardless of what I said about okay this is happening for a reason and I'll realize it eventually um, it's hard you know It's, it's hard to accept that all of that was kind of just taken away from me because of me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I, I mean, it, it really, uh, it's it's exactly what you said. I need to focus on, you know, what I need to do to get out of this instead of focusing on what's already happened. Exactly, and I'm, and I'm, happy, I'm happy you said, um, I'm, I'm happy you, of course, you didn't deserve that to happen, but you even acknowledging that like is on you it's something that most people don't know how to do right. um it's like shit i fucked up why did that happen like fuck that didn't have to happen but and then it, and it just becomes that when you take responsibility for everything that happens in your life everything even even if you were fucking walking down the street and got hit by a car you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm not saying take responsibility as in like blame yourself you know for that but it's like if you if you realize everything happening in your life is is in your hands then like shit can't defeat you or you right. can't get caught on things no matter how horrible it may be you know and and of course it's it's perfectly normal and human to feel um sad even even depressed when like bad shit happens like that's that's okay um as long as as long as you know not to identify or get stuck there that's okay and you know you make it up <laughs> that's so so true like as soon as I stopped 
like blaming anyone else but myself for like what's happened in my life Mm -hmm. and gave up like expectations of how I think the world should work or how people should treat me and shit like once you give all that up and you're like okay this is all on me it's just it's easier to handle and like maybe, maybe not like a lot easier to handle but it's like I can do something about it. It's not like out of my control. Yeah. Um, but obviously there are things outside of my control that I can't control and that I need to not stress on. Mm-hmm. Like when stuff like this happens, like how people view me now, mm-hmm. at least those couple of people, is out of my control at this point. Exactly. So it's just that process of letting go of those things. Mm-hmm. And just moving forward and not getting caught up in the past with your past mistakes and just understanding that those past mistakes had to happen for some reason, even if you can't see that reason right now. Exactly. Like, if, you know, whether it be tomorrow or 10 years on the line, you will never make that same mistake again. Right. Exactly. 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 100%. And I'm, yeah, so it, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I feel like this fuck up prevented me from making an even bigger fuck up in the future you know all right man i think we're gonna end it here thank you for coming on this was awesome and yeah it was it was nice doing this like in front of cameras as well and having this on youtube i'm sure that more people will be able to view it because of this and like uh view your stuff so how can people find like freak the mighty find you uh well our instagram is freak the mighty with two eyes in the mighty um and you know we have it's the same it's the same on everything on spotify apple music soundcloud you know that's where you can find the most of our stuff and we're releasing new music very soon like within the next couple weeks a lot of new music will be rolling out so go check them out freak the mighty on instagram like twitter with two eyes you can check them out on soundcloud as well like you said and they're on spotify we got merch too yeah they do have merch we're both (laughs) wearing it as you guys could probably tell uh who's watching this in video format um so yeah amazing music probably it's some of the best shit in buffalo for sure um so yeah go check them out love these guys and thank you for coming on again absolutely appreciate it